Hello you guys and welcome to the fourth and final episode of the sister series here on It's Abundance the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're joining us for this last week in September which is actually crazy but this week is going to be so good and I know I say it every week but once again we just have such an incredible conversation laid out before us. I can't wait for you guys to hear it and to just hear what Terry has to bring to this episode it's so good. So good. If you don't know Terry, she is a purpose slash business mentor, a part of the IGA club, which is the In God Always club. She is a for the kingdom coach who just wants to serve you and help you all things business. She's there for automating your sales and marketing systems. She is an all around incredible person. You should go check her out. The link for her Instagram handle is in the description of this episode. It is the IGA club. So T-H-E-I-G-A club. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook. She is just so amazing. And honestly, I'm just going to let her take over this episode. I hope that through this episode, God is just moving in your life and directing you towards obedience. I pray that through this conversation, you would just feel the Holy Spirit moving in your own lives and maybe just take something away from this conversation. Anyway, without wasting any more time, let's welcome Terry Green to the podcast. Okay, well, welcome. I'm so glad that you're joining me on the podcast, and I'm just excited to talk about obedience with you. Would you um, want to just start out by just sharing a little bit of who you are, your business, what you do, and just maybe how you found God or just anywhere you want to go with that? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. This is um, yes. what I like to say that social media is great because then you get to connect with people that you otherwise would not meet. So I definitely love that. Um, gosh, now I would like to say that I'd like to be known as a Jesus yes girl. So I would love that people, when they see me, they just see the light of Christ. And I'm just doing a really good job of reflecting his love through being a vessel through myself. Um, so in a nutshell, besides being a Jesus yes girl, uh, the Lord has called me to entrepreneurship for a long time. And I only gave my life to Christ last year in 2022. And, but I was saved in 2019, but as some may know, you have salvation and then you have transformation. So after I got saved, I was like, what do I do? <laughs> Just okay, Nothing changed, nothing happened. And then when I learned that you could make Jesus Lord of your life. I was like, Oh, okay. I want to do that. And when I did that, that's when actually I saw all of the transformation, all of the change. And so before that I was already in entrepreneurship mm -hmm. at that point, you know, when you make him Lord of your life, you give him everything. So in a nutshell, what I do kingdom entrepreneur, I help other kingdom coaches package their purpose. So if you already know your purpose that the Lord has put on your heart, the vision, the calling that he's given you, um, I help you package that into a coaching brand. So a brand is a little bit different than a business. A brand is really where you want to, you know, make your mark in the world, take a real estate in someone's mind, right? You're a thought leader, your voice is activated. You have something that the Lord has put in your heart to say. And so I help you package that into a brand. And then the way that we leverage that is through social media, 
as well as automated sales funnels, which is my favorite. I literally just <laughs> got up a call with another case <laughs> doing that. So in a nutshell, that is me. Um, and I do want to add that doing business with the Lord is unlike anything I've ever experienced. I was actually experienced that, like just the joy of it for the last two days from being an entrepreneur for the last like 15 years to now being like, oh my gosh, I had the, there was a missing piece the whole time. Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, I experienced that today. I was like, oh my God, I'm just having the best time ever. <laughs> and just like, it was just good. I was like, Lord, I don't have words for this, but I feel it. And it just gives me a deep sense of conviction to love you, which again, then leads us into obedience. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. So today we're talking about obedience and I honestly just want to give you like the full, uh, the whole episode just to go wherever you want and just, we can bounce off ideas together. But like, where do you want to start with this? What do you want to um, start with? What is something that the Lord has put on your heart today to bring to this episode um so thank you so much uh, i was like oh my word not the whole floor <laughs> <laughs> um so it was so beautiful too because i know we like both prayed about it and i just felt like i kept hearing the lord say semantics and so i was like okay well let's do a little word study let's do a deep dive mm. because radical joyful obedience is like my ministry and i was like mm -hmm. that's something that as soon as i gave my life to christ i found out like, okay, what is this life about? What is this life about? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was built to obey. I was like made to obey, but it's not as easy for everyone because the word obey, the word obedience, you already know, already naturally, we all kind of have this negative like connotation. It means you're telling me what to do. It means I lose my, my free will. It, it means I lose my choice. Like it means I lose my freedom. So that word obedience has just such a stifling presence. Yeah, it's not what it means. So for someone that maybe hasn't experienced a relationship with Christ, they're like, uh, I don't want to be obedient. I don't want to give up, you know, the things that I love, the things that I love to do. He's going to ask me to give up so many things. And that's not necessarily where it starts. So when we look actually at the word obedience, and so we know this when we're reading the Bible, we have to have uh, the, the lens of God, right? We have to make sure when we're reading it, we're interpreting it from his perspective, not like trying to make it fit us. We pray, obviously, with the Holy Spirit. We read it with the Holy Spirit. We have fellowship. We have guidance of people that are seasoned in faith that also help edify us as we read the word. And then, of course, we have to look at context. So who was the author speaking to at the time, looking at the, at the way the world was, the language, the semantics of the word. So basically, like a word can say something, but in different contexts can mean different things. Um, as well as like, you know, if it's narrative, poetry, all the things. So we have to have that understanding as we go into the Bible, as well as, of course, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Lord because that's what opens it up to us. So when we look at the word obedience, obey, um, we see that it's used mostly in the Greek terms is what I kind of was like, the Holy Spirit was like, let's go down this rabbit trail. I was like, okay. And I don't know how to say it. So hupakoa, hupakoa, I don't know. But that's the Greek term. Just Google it. Obedience in the Bible. Google it. And so what normally that phrase means in Greek is actually to hear or listen intently. Mm -hmm. so in the Bible, there's two interchangeable words for the word obedience. But 
if you're reading it like in the new living translation or the uh, more of the updated translations, it's literally just going to say obedience. So if you're not understanding in that specific book, in what context the word is, is being used, it could be used as obey, which means to hear or listen intently, or it could also be used as the word submit, which basically um, is, is called a hupo, hupo tasso. And it, that translation is um, normally in a military term to rank under, right? To be under the authority of someone else uh, willingly, right? So when you go into the military, you automatically are submitting yourself under the authority of your general, under the authority mm -hmm. of the president. You, you, you're doing that intentionally. So when you're reading about the word obedience in the Bible, you having you have to understand in which context it ha is it is it being used, and so when we see it, you as when we see it being used as submission, it isn't to imply like oh we have to give up our life or we're inferior, right? Because we know that Jesus came, he gave up his divinity to come as a human to dwell as, as flesh, right? He willingly chose to submit to another member of the Godhead yeah. to redeem us for our salvation, and so when we see that let's like put a pin on that. So when we think about submission and then we go to the other side of it, where it's to listen intently to obey is um, another um, way he uses it is to listen intently. So it's, it's marinating and it's on the meaning of what someone is saying. Right? So when you have that context, what then makes someone have the desire to obey? And that's just our heart posture. That's an expression of our love towards God. And so how do you actually get there? Because I will tell you this, when I first came my life to Christ, I was not out the gate being like, yeah, I'm going to obey. Like that was the first <laughs> from my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought when I got saved, I was like, everything's going to change like magic. My life's going to stay the same. I'm going to do all the things I want to do. My soul is good. That's yeah. Not and so when I realized, oh, like, okay, Lord, I got saved, but why is my life falling apart? And so as I continued to seek him, I continued to learn and continue to grow. When I finally gave my life to Christ is when I realized, oh, there's a relationship that I didn't know was available to me. Mm -hmm. And so when I understood that and I actually had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was able to viscerally feel the manifest presence of the Lord. And you know, when you experience that, it changes you for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh. So then what happened is that there was this growth to obedience where because I experienced that manifest presence, I was like, oh my gosh, this is something different. So then my prayers started to change. I wanted to know more about how to be in a relationship with God. Who are you, God? Who are you, Holy Spirit? Who are you, Jesus? How do I love you? How do I have a relationship with you? How do I grow with you? All the things. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, especially the how do I love you prayer, and how is it, how does it feel like to be loved by you? That was a prayer that definitely wrecked me and changed my life because when I felt that, I fell in love with him. And when I fell in love with him is where I was able to actually have the desire for obedience. Mm -hmm. Because obedience naturally came once I met the Trinity. It came from, oh, I'm supposed to do this. Like this is, you know, logically, this is how you follow, right? You abide in his word, you keep his words close to you. You're supposed to do this. So it naturally started as a discipline because I mm -hmm. wanted to rewire my worldly programming and I wanted to be of a kingdom mindset, of a kingdom lifestyle, of a kingdom thinking. So that just required discipline. But as I started to fall in love with him, it became a desire. It became a heart posture because if there was one way, and I always say that like the best way that I can worship the Lord, because we can't ever give him anything. We can't pay him back for anything. We can't earn anything from him. We're, we're, he already loves us. We're worthy because we are his. Yes. Is how I live my life. So I was mm -hmm. like, if I 
through obedience, which is basically in the context that I'm using it is that I hear his word and I listen intently and I abide by it and I, I heed his advice. I willingly submit to his authority because his authority is better than mine. I'm a general, like I'm in the military, I'm coming into the kingdom. I submit to the authority. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. Uh, at the same time, he is my father. He is my savior. He is my healer. I want to hear and listen to him intently because he has shown me that he is faithful and that he is good. And because of that, I have the desire to obey. So just like when you really love someone, right? Like you want to do things, you want to listen to them. You want to do things that, you know, honor them. So if I can honor God through my obedience, then that's where that transformation started to happen. So it's not like, you know, you wake up and you're like, yeah, I'm radically joyfully obedient. No, it doesn't happen like that. It's a growth. It's a byproduct of a relationship, right? Of being intimate, falling in love, building your faith, learning how to trust him. Then your obedience kicks in and then you fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord kicks in. And then you just experience a, a state of heaven on earth that is like unlike anything that you're like, wow. <laughs> that was so beautifully said. I love how you just, I don't know. I think it's really cool to see it play out in just the way that you're speaking to the, the idea that obedience was once this legalistic, this um, rule follow, this um, something that you just didn't desire to now suddenly this being your way of honoring God as your best friend and you loving him and falling in love with him. And so then the desire to be obedient in him and to um, just really I, I, like, I don't know. It was just so beautifully said that was your way of worshiping him. And um, yeah, so, yeah. so well said. What would you say was maybe your turning point for that? I mean, you touched on that quite a bit, but what was like, maybe you could share a little bit of your personal experience and your, um, maybe when you were trapped in that idea that obedience was something that you, that you just didn't desire, you didn't want to, to do to suddenly that transformation. What was that for you? That's was that you question. being saved? Sorry. That's a good question. I have to marinate on that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. And two, I, I'm just thinking about, um, now in my current journey. So when we look at Psalm 119, which is the longest Psalm, right? If you actually mm -hmm. look at the context of it, it's a whole Psalm about joyful obedience. And so, um, I mean, even the first, uh, part of scripture, joyful are people of integrity who follow instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. Like it's just joy, 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 obey joy. Right. And it's kind of weird. Cause you're like, wait, huh? And then, um, one is where I realized, Oh, this is how I honor him. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. And that's kind of where that um, posture came from. Cause I was just like, man, there was a point where he was blessing me so much and he was answering so many prayers and it was happening so fast. And I started to become kind of numb. Cause I was like, this is a lot. Like how, I, I, I like, cause if, if I stopped, I was literally worshiping for a year just to like say thank you for what you did in like a week. And so I was like, how do I, I'm spirit. This is the experience of being spiritually over like overflow. And I was like, how do I, how do I like show you? Like, I mean, I, I know, you know, I'm thanking you. I'm so grateful. I see you. I'm because I, I can clearly see the millions of prayers being answered. And that's where I realized ah, the best way, right. When Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Right. If I like those who, who's uh, take my word and keep it close to their heart. Right. Like, Anyone who loves me will pay attention to what I say. They'll keep them in their, my words in their mind. They'll keep them in their heart. 
right? And then not only that, we'll act on it. And so I was like, oh, how I live my life is the best way to worship him, which is that radical, joyful obedience. I keep his words close to my heart. I listen intently to what he says. What is he saying? Why does he say, forgive your enemies? Why does he say, you know, blessed are those who are poor in spirit because they'll inherit the kingdom of God? Like, why does he say those things? And when we, you know, marinate on those and keep them close to our heart, that's where the transformation happens. And so, oh, to answer your question, um, yeah, sorry, I had my Bible open and I saw that and I was like, that was a good. No, that was great. Perfect. Into that scripture. Um, hmm. You know, I don't necessarily know if it was, it wasn't that like, I, I don't think for me personally, I had that resistance or that I didn't, I didn't not have a desire to obey. I think okay. that's yeah. naturally what happens for most people when they hear the word obey. Um, because after salvation, I was like, they don't really know what I'm supposed to do. I didn't grow up in the faith. Um, and the people that I were around were uh, unfortunately hypocritical. So, They would say things, but I was like, well, that goes against what you're supposed to believe. So it was really hard for me to like want to follow that. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord, you know, called me back in his own timing. And um, by the time I gave my life to him in 2022 and obedience natural for me, but it did start as a discipline because I'm a rule follower. And I'm like, okay, like, this is what you're, you know, Jesus is Lord. You give him this, you give him your intimacy, you give him your business, you give him the, da, 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 the way you think, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, check, 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 check. So it really wasn't it for me in, in the initial stages discipline. And then as he answered those prayers, like it was discipline to be in my word and read every day. It was discipline to, to make time in my schedule to abide. It was discipline to um, go to church because I, I didn't have a church home initially, like when I started the, where I got baptized, I didn't stay. I was drifting for years. So that was just discipline. But even outside of, of like developing a relationship with the Lord, discipline is what creates that new habit that creates that new lifestyle that creates that discipline. Right. So, I mean, that, um, identity shift. So I wanted to have a kingdom identity, which means that I had to be disciplined in creating the habits that would cultivate that environment for the Lord to create transformation in me. I think what accelerated my desire for obedience um, was through reflection because I could clearly see where my life was before Christ. And then I could see like when I'm at a crossroads, right. And I'm, my flesh says, go left and do this. Like, this is the answer. We want to do this. But then the Holy Spirit's like tiny little voice comes in. It's like, Terry, maybe you should just like forgive this person. And I'm like, no, I need justice. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Then, unfortunately, in the early stages, I would choose the flesh. And when I choose the flesh, I would literally see that it did not like produce the results that I wanted. And I was like, okay, the next time an opportunity arose, which you know always happens, the voice was a little bit louder. The flesh got a little bit quieter because I was like, oh, I learned my lesson right. I reflected. I saw that that was not good. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to try Jesus's way this time. And to try his way and like even through gritting my teeth, and like, because I just wasn't used to it and to see the fruit that it produced, I was astounded. I was like, oh my gosh. So then it was very easy for me to compare my life before Christ and be like, oh, okay, like, well, obviously it wasn't working. So we need to find an answer. Okay. I'm going to choose his path. And then in the doing of, Hey, Jesus, I've given you my life, but it doesn't mean like, oh my God, it's going to be super easy for me. I still have to 
deny the flesh in areas that I'm weak where you're not strong and choose Christ. And then as that started, that muscle started to build, obedience became easier because I would slow down to reflect and to see the fruit of choosing the path that Jesus had for me versus my own. And then it makes it stronger and stronger. And then every time I'm at a crossroad, my flesh is weaker and the spirit is, is stronger. And that's kind Mm of, you know, how now obedience for me is so easy, even in places where it's new, where like the Lord still shines a light. I'm like, Oh wow, I have not been obedient there before. Like I still, there'll, there'll still be the feeling of fighting the flesh, but because I, the Lord has shown how trustworthy he is, how faithful he is, um, just in who he is like himself. And then as well as what he has done in my life, it, it's like, okay, it's a no brainer. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to make a mess of these things and have to come back and repent and be like, Oh my God, <laughs> the bridges are burnt. No, I'm going to choose the Lord's way um, because it always leads to more life. And so when you see that, and then you realize that the world has taken the semantics of obedience to be something as this negative thing, right? Like to keep us away from uh, choosing Jesus, right? To keep us from choosing that transformation and being the light of Christ, being the salt and light of the earth. And you realize, oh, that's what's just in a scheme of the enemy to keep us from this deep sense of transformation then obedience becomes uh, to be a subconscious posture and like the way you think, the way you act, how you behave, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. You get to see what the Lord wanted uh, from the very beginning in Eden of just this unity, right? Because you're not constantly sinning. I was just like, oh my God, obedience really keeps me from sinning all the time. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you get to come to the throne of grace because there's no sin that is in between you um, that's keeping you from being in his presence. And then you're leaving fruit. You're leaving just a trail of fruit everywhere you go. You're leaving people better, right? It's the, it's the fruit that keeps on giving. And so when you see that it just becomes, you're just way of living. And then most importantly, the best way I feel like you can honor the Lord because that's what he wants. He wants to, you know, create through you. He wants to move and flow through you. He wants to engage with you. He wants to be with you. He didn't write this book of, you know, words to tell us what to do it's to give us more life because when sin entered the world every time we choose those actions it really does lead to death you can just reflect <laughs> and see that like <laughs> you know and then yeah yeah oh my goodness i yeah i think it's so easy for us to to fall into that just the the mindset that our way is better and obedience can sometimes be scary like i don't know for me sometimes i'm still so like my way just seems so much better, God. Like, I can't see what you have for me. And mm-hmm. so I just feel like I need to fall in to what I know is comfortable for me. But to hear your testimony and just to hear the fruit that you're talking about that's coming from this and that actually joy is found in that obedience, that is actually so encouraging for not only me, but I know just so many other people. So thank you for sharing that. Um what could you give some of these listeners? I know a lot of them are teenagers and maybe young adults. What could you give them to take a step in direction towards that obedience and that fruitful and that joyful and that radical obedience in God? Reflection mm-hmm. is a game changer because if you can't see what you can't see, then you can't see. <laughs> wow. So you have to be able to reflect. Reflection is so powerful because it it allows you to be introspective of yourself. So when you can take a step back and look at yourself holistically, that's really, really, really powerful because then you're able to slow down and see, wow, in that moment, I made this decision and I didn't pray, didn't consult the Lord. Look what happened. 
okay, wow. In that moment, I stopped, I prayed, I felt the Holy Spirit like come in. Oh my gosh, a scripture came into my mind. Okay, cool. I acted on that. Wow, holy moly, I didn't realize. Like normally I would be fighting with that person. But mm. this time, gosh, we actually had a healthy conversation. Oh my God. Like you, because if you don't stop to see that, then you keep just going through the motions and then you keep having to build up every time you encounter a situation because you don't remember. You have not given um, it space. So a, a lot of times we think a lot of things in our heads and it's insanity because we have to give, we have to give it space. Like there's the head to the heart, right? What's in the middle, our voice, our words, what we say. So when we reflect, when we're brain dumping, when we're processing, that's when we're able to find his blessings. That's when we're able to see our growth. But if you don't do that, then every time you encounter a situation, you have to stop and you have to fight the emotions, fight the tension, fight the feelings, and then build up the momentum of faith to overcome that. But if you've already, it's kind of like in the Old Testament where they would build um, uh, stone monuments to remember the Lord so that they didn't forget because they didn't have the word, right? So they would build those monuments because they didn't want to forget. Because when you don't forget, you don't have to build up momentum every time a situation happens. And so our version of that is reflection where we're like, when you stop at the end of the day and you just write down everything you've experienced, like you will start to notice that God's hand was on like almost every single moment of your day and you are overwhelmed. You're like, oh my gosh. And then again, when you get to those challenges, you're like, wow, like I've gotten through this. And you'll start to notice, hey, when this situation happens, it usually used to bother me. And oh my gosh, I got through it so easily like this time. And because it doesn't mean that these situations are ever going to go away, right? They're going to still come. It's just that they're not going to have any power over us. But if you don't remember that, then it's harder for you when it does arise. And when we think about situations where we are weaker in obedience, because like you said, it's like, Lord, I my way I think is really good. I can't really see your way. I don't understand it, right? So you're having to build up your own confidence and faith to trust in him. Mm-hmm. Well, when you realize that areas that are more difficult to obey are just literally areas where you are weaker in Christ, where you don't have the discipline in that area where you've allowed the Lord to speak into that and choose his way. So when you take the power away from the situation, right? Because the tension of sitting in that situation is very uncomfortable. So you're like, I just want to end this uncomfortable tension and just choose my way. And I'll deal with the sin and repentance later versus can I sit in this tension and can I pray and choose the Lord's answer so that I can be free of this cycle, free of this pattern, free of this problem, free of this circumstance. Most of the time we don't do that. So when we take the power away from it and say, it's just an area where I am weak, I'm not like Christ, then it allows the Holy Spirit's voice to get louder so that even in a moment where you do encounter a circumstance, you don't understand, you want to choose your way, it's going to subside and the Holy Spirit's going to be able to minister to you there and you're going to be able to get stronger there and be like, okay, I may not understand your way, but I'm going to go forward and you're going to feel his strength, right? Bold and courageous in the Lord. It's not be bold and courageous in ourselves. It's be bold and courageous in the Lord. And then he will give you strength to overcome through that situation. And so reflection helps you to anchor that so that in moments, even when you don't understand, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Right. Cause I fix my eyes on the Lord. Right. That's what it ta- That's what it means when we say, you know, Hebrews 11, one faith is being sure of what we hope for. So if we have our hope in Christ then the circumstance that we see right now doesn't, but we can only have that hope in Christ when we really build up that those monuments in our mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So being certain of what we do not see. So even in the midst of a circumstance that looks really, really, really terrible, it doesn't matter because you realize, oh, I've been here before. Even if it hurts, I'm going to choose the Lord. 
but that's a muscle. That's just a muscle that you have to build. And a lot of times we don't recognize that and we give it too much power, which is why then it has the ability to overcome us and then keep us in these cycles. Yeah. How exciting to be in a valley or on a mountain and be able to say like, oh, I have the strength of the Lord in me because I know that my God is still good in every single season. Like just how exciting and how much joy is brought into that. And just knowing that like my God is my God today, tomorrow and forever. And like, I don't have to fear and I don't have to, um, just try to figure it out on my own because I know that my God is so steadfast in that. Wow. So good. good place. That is a good place to be. Um, and that's one of his favorite prayers. I feel like to answer is the prayers that are like, Lord, like show me how to go deeper in a relationship with you. Cause he's like, okay, like he loves, I like he loves. He's like, let's go. Yeah. He's like, let's go. And then when you experience that, it's like, oh my gosh. Like you said, you're like this mountain, this, this valley, this, this problem comes in front of you and you're like, okay, you know, I got, I got something for this prayer. I got something for this scripture. Okay, cool. Like you're not going to take me out because my God, like even if I don't have vision of where the Lord is taking me, it's because of him. And he said that is done and is finished and that I'm more than a conqueror. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to conquer this circumstance. I'm not going to let it overtake me. And that's such a beautiful place to grow in your spiritual maturity. And, it, and again, you find the joy because there's so many levels to life that you haven't experienced, but there's such a richness, um, a fulfillment, a satisfaction, a sense of peace and love and stability and mental freedom, um, emancipation from your emotions. So it's like this, man, state of wholeness that you experience in Christ. And I'm like, ah, that is the sweet spot of life. Cause I still have so many circumstances that I'm experiencing. There's some places that I still have long suffering, but I have joy because I'm like, oh my God, because when I was on the mountain, the worldly mountain, when I had uh, multiple seven figure businesses, when I was living on a house in the Hills and I had the boyfriend and all the things and I was empty and I was broken. And I was lost and didn't have any purpose, didn't really have any meaning, but, oh, it looks good. She goes on vacation. She does all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm. And then when I got to my lowest, lowest, lowest valley after like getting sick, I was like, why am I at this valley? And I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I was like, okay, something was off. And then that's when I started to find the joy in Christ. And then now that I've come out of um, a lot of a, a lot of individual waiting seasons, a lot of individual long suffering seasons. I've had so much joy in it. And like on paper, people would be like, "Mm, you don't look like X, Y, Z. You don't look successful. You don't look like this, but it's like, you don't know what I experience inside. And also you don't know my God and where he's taking me and where he's bringing me. So unfortunately for some, they need to see, right. In order to be like, okay, well, if I can see what you look like, I can see your success and you're successful. But that's not where our success comes from first. It comes from the inside and then it's out an outward reflection of whatever, you know, the Lord has ordained for our life to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked a little bit about you when you were sick and um, just that season too. Uh, for me lately, I've been really struggling with anxiety and I've just been really um, defeated and uh, overtaken by my anxiety. And I think it's back to that reflecting piece to be able to sit in in a a moment of anxiety and to be able to look back and realize that my God, the same God that I have today pulled me from the trenches. He pulled me when I was way lost, way more lost in my anxiety and way more lost in myself a couple of years ago. And he pulled me out of that. And he is here with me in this small 
hour of anxious thoughts and he's still there. What was that like for you when you were sick? And um, I don't know how deep you want to go with that or how much you want to share, but what was it like? Were you able to reflect in that moment or was that something that was really challenging to reflect on? Um, you know, I think for me, you're so right about it too. It's like God is in everything. And he's, it's just amazing. Um, I think for me, before I gave my life life to Christ, like, so I got saved and I got saved, saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was in therapy like twice a week for a year. Mm-hmm. And one of the types of therapies that I was in was cognitive behavioral therapy. So rewiring the mind. At the time, it was just making sure, like slowing down to think your thoughts, rewiring your subconscious mind to break those patterns that keep you trapped, right? Because everything is usually, it's in the mind as well as I had zero emotional intelligence. So my emotions would overwhelm me. I did not know how to process them. And then again, because you have big emotions, crowded mind, you're, you're reactionary to life. You're living in fear. Hmm. I, I mean, I prayed and I read my Bible, but again, I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't even like know anything about it. So I was still seeking, but I didn't know him. So during that time in therapy, I had learned the skill set of rewiring your subconscious mind and Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, learning how to sit in the tension of big emotions. Cause I think that was a breaking point for me. Um, I guess in a high level summary, I, again, was a high overachiever. I had extreme success. Um, on paper, right? Uh, financially, like seven figure businesses, all kinds of things, traveling the world. I did all, it all looks good, but like, and I didn't really have a history of mental health issues. Um, there was always like depression and things like that in the family, but you know, I relatively thought I was a sound person. And one day I literally woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the hospital. I like basically checked out for three days, had like a catatonic breakdown, I don't know the right word, of psychosis and woke up in the hospital and it was a like insane psychosis like just when i say insane it's just like someone that's super normal running a business she's going to the gym she comes home and then the next day she like i don't even wake up like not sleeping not eating going to the bathroom myself pulling out my hair all these kinds of crazy things and i woke up and i'm strapped to a gurney in a hospital i'm like what what is happening where am i why am i here and it was kind of like do you know who i am like i don't belong here like Mm -hmm. And then they kept me because my psychosis was so extreme. Like it was someone who uh, did suffer a men- like that, you know, should have had the hi- a history of mental health breakdowns because for, for it to be that extreme. So that's another story for another day. But the hospital was um, extremely demonic place. And God, I just the Lord, ah, he was he was there to guide me and protect me. And I didn't even know it at the time. I only know it in hindsight. Um, so coming out of that was like uh, everything I built on my own strength, everything I built on my own mind. I literally can't even trust myself anymore. So what do I do? Now, there's a a big tenacity in me of like, I'm just going to get things done and make it work. So I didn't, I allowed myself to feel small for like maybe six months where I was like, I'm bipolar. I'm this, you know, and just like made mm-hmm. myself really small into the diagnosis until one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, this ain't it girl. Like this is not you. And this is not for everyone. Do you know what I mean? There's not everyone that has that, um, mindset. And I said, Oh girl, we got to get this together. This is not going to be your life. You're not going to be someone who's on this medication. Cause the medication had me asleep for like 20 hours a day. Like it was so heavy mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And they're like, this is going to be your life for like the next at least five years. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like, why does this have to be my life? Like, why do, why do I have to be like, like this? So, um, 
yeah, losing your mind was so, so hard for me because I was like, I didn't trust myself and I had to learn to retrust myself. So going through that whole process of the therapy and learning how to think my thoughts and all the things, when I finally gave my life to Christ, I realized that I had a tool, a skill set to rewire my subconscious mind with a kingdom mindset, not just, mm -hmm. oh, you know, positive affirmations, say good things, be kind to yourself, right? It's who does the Lord say I am? Because having a mental breakdown is a massive identity shift. But at that point, I don't even know who I am anymore. So then I'm like, who am I in Christ? Who has Christ made me to be, right? I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to think like Christ. I want to be sanctified and, you know, Holy Spirit, make me more like Christ every day. And that, because I had that skill set, is what allowed me to, I feel like, experience transformation so quickly when I made the decision to give Jesus my life. Because then when I would come up to, um, you know, a roadblock or a hurdle, I knew how to rewire my mind. I knew how to sit with my thoughts. I knew how to sit with my feelings. And I knew how to dig deeper because most of the time underneath our feelings, there's something deeper, right? But because we can't handle the tension of that big emotion, we just kind of take the top layer for what it is. Mm -hmm. But I know I knew how to sit with that and process that feeling and move through it to allow then what to make to one for it to transmute out of my body, but also two to make space for what is my body trying to say to me? What is my mind trying to say? But this time I was able to do it with the Holy Spirit, which then I always say, like, there's no therapy like the therapy that you get with the Holy Spirit because he knows <laughs> you better than anyone else. And so then, true. Yes, you can allow Jesus's light to shine into those broken airs. And that's where I was having such rapid transformation and rapid healing. So when I come up to these things, I don't experience a lot of suffering and tension. Now, I did have to learn kind of like you were mentioning, hey, I, I sometimes experience anxiety. I did have to learn how to deal with that because I didn't necessarily know the tool to stop it. Mm -hmm. So every time I was kind of worrying, right, like where do we most of us go to? We go to Philippians four. So we go to Philippians four, six, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, right? So take that worry. All right, I'm worrying about stuff. Let me start praying. Tell God what you need. So that's again, us taking our thoughts captive, bringing it to Christ and thanking him for all he's done. Because we know that when we praise that we can't worry at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to be double-minded in that. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand he will, which again, you start to see, okay, I was worried. I prayed, I praise. Now the feeling is gone. His peace will guard your hearts, right? Your emotions and your mind, right? Your mental state of being as you live in Christ Jesus. So I would pray that, but then I started to notice why am I still like repeating this pattern? Like, why am I still getting coming here? Because I forgot to read and really receive Philippians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. And so and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. That's complete deliverance from your cycle and your pattern of whatever your situation is. Because when you're done praying, when you're done like you know, going through that motion of like, I gave my worry to God, I've received his peace, but it it happens again. It keeps happening over and over again. There's a, there's an action. Uh, four, eight is an action. Instead, start to fill your mind. Think about things that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, admirable right? Like in, instead, replace your thoughts with thoughts that are better. So in, in the meantime, in between time, your thoughts are better. 
But when we look at those, which is uh, what a sister in Christ showed me, think about things that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Well, those are actually characteristics of God. So if you're in a posture, in a state, in a being where all you're doing is thinking about the Lord, your first thoughts are thinking about the Lord, you immediately just start reading your word, thinking about the Lord, listening to a podcast, you just think about the Lord and allow him to like take your whole mind captive. That's the deliverance that breaks the cycle. That's the action that you take. Because I was like, why do I have to keep, why do I keep worrying? Why do I keep praying? Why do I keep receiving peace? And I keep receiving this anxious cycle over and over again. There's a deliverance to be had when you actually take the action of rewiring your subconscious mind in the kingdom mindset and and think about like those things are just thinking about God, thinking about who he is, marinating on who he is, right? And that's when your, your, your spiritual relationship comes into play. The abiding, the fellowship, the reading your word, right? Mm-hmm. Going to church, all of those things. And then your mind is filled with nothing but scripture and the word and his presence and his love. So then when anxiety comes, it doesn't even have any power over you. And it gets weaker and weaker and weaker in that certain circumstance. And then again, you build that muscle up. Wow. Absolutely. Beautifully said. <laughs> I feel yeah, so my like... favorite understanding of that scripture. I was yeah. like, oh, thank you for setting me free. I don't like repeating oh. cycles. Oh my goodness. It's so good. I'm just sitting here trying to like, let it all like settle into my mind. Wow. That was just amazing. <laughs> Lord God, he's so good. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely was like, okay, Lord. And that's the power of reflection because I kept seeing, I kept coming back to the same place. And I was like, why do I keep ending up here? There has to be something that I could do. And then one day I went to um, the women's Bible study and a sister in Christ was leading a talk about like anxiety. And so when she went to four, eight and she was like, well, this is how you stop the cycle. I just sat there and I was like, mind blown. Okay, a way out because I was like, I am tired. I came in kind of defeated because I was like repeating this cycle over and over again. And I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. There has to be deliverance, right? And walking in your deliverance. And so I was like, okay, okay, this makes sense. And that, again, I would not have known that if it wasn't through reflection that I'm like ending up at the same place over and over again. Okay, Lord, shine brighter because this needs to break. Yeah. 100%. I can't relate anymore. This is crazy. (laughs) Um, So you gave us with this piece of this uh, action step of reflection and all these, all of this content inside of reflection. Is there anything else that you want to leave me or the audience with in terms of obedience and just action steps to take? Yeah, it's my favorite thing that the Holy Spirit gave me. Everything that we need is found in his presence and our breakthroughs are found in our obedience. So there's nothing outside of us that will give us the answer for whatever circumstance or situation that you're in. And it's the importance of prioritizing your relationship with the Lord and abiding in him and making that time, that disciplined time to set aside, to just be dedicated to like being in his presence and listening to him, because that is where he will speak just the most I don't even like, you already know, we don't even have words for it. Profound, magical, ma- majestic, like yeah, yeah. Being wondrous. It it's, was the most in, wild thing to just sit there and to know that that was the Lord, like that was the Lord's voice. It just absolutely wrecked me and overwhelmed me that I'm like, that is so powerful. So everything that I need, I can't go looking anywhere else. I can't even necessarily even find it in a sermon, right? Mm. Like 
I have to be so in tune with the Lord that then I can follow his wisdom, right? Because then he'll tell you, oh, go talk to a sister in Christ or go to church. And, you know, you'll find the, the messages that he's speaking to you. But I only really experienced that when I, when I prioritized abiding. That was everything that I need is found in his presence, especially in days where I sometimes still have like manic thoughts in the sense of, for me, what it feels like is my thoughts race really, 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 really fast and I can't slow them down. And what do you want to just sit and think and logic it out? It doesn't work. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, I have to stop and have to pray. I have to stop right here. I have to pray. I have to abide. And then when his presence washes over me, it makes all of those thoughts. It's like, it's the craziest thing. I call it being recalibrated in Christ Mm -hmm. um, because it's like um, the thoughts will be racing. It'll be so many things that you're trying to think about at the same time. And then his presence washes over you. And then it's like, you just feel a sense of not just like peace, but of clarity. It's like he answered all of those thoughts. Like he, he rearranged them to where they needed to go. And so you're like, I'm fine. You just, you just, you're like, oh, I feel fine. Like yeah. I don't even need to think about it. Everything is okay. And it's so profound. So everything we need is found in his presence. And then our breakthroughs are found in our obedience. So whatever area you're looking for a breakthrough, it's tied to your 365, 24, seven, whole circle of, of obedience. It's not just, oh, well, I need a breakthrough in my business. I'm, you know, I'm being obedient here. Da, da, da. It's like, no, open the door for someone, uh, go pray for that person in target, you know, mm-hmm. forgive that person, repent for these thoughts. Da, da, da. Oh yeah. Make that post on Facebook. Oh, share that to the Instagram story, right? Like our, it's, it's, it's every single area of our life is where we find our breakthroughs and where the Lord calls us to be obedient, not just that, that specific thing that we're focused on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is my biggest takeaway. Everything we need is found in his presence and all of our breakthroughs are found in our obedience and our radical joyful obedience. And so when you, when you are in his presence and you abide in his presence, obedience becomes the posture because it's built out of uh, love, not obligation. Wow. I don't even, I don't even know what to add. I just am so (laughs) taken aback by this entire conversation. I just said, oh my gosh, it's so good. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I seriously don't know how to express to you how much encouragement I feel and how, um, just life-giving this conversation was. I feel so ready to go and abide and to go reflect in every area of my life and to be seeking after Christ in every situation. And I am, I'm just so thankful for you and so thankful that I got to know you. And, um, yeah, I just really appreciate you joining me for today's episode and, yeah. Is there anywhere that we can shout out your Instagram handle and where they can find you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, first and foremost, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. I love the Lord and I, you already have like an army of, uh, older sisters in Christ who are (laughs) praying for you. I was like, guys, protect her at all costs. Okay. Um, so you are covered and there's just so many people that don't even know you, but we just love you because we already have a shared unity in Christ. Um, so there's that. And, um, my Instagram is the IGA club. So the in God always club, James four, eight, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And so if you are someone who wants to just talk about radical, joyful obedience, or if you're a kingdom coach, 
and you want to know how to, you know, do business God's way, then that's definitely the place that you want to hang out. Or if you just like, you know what, I want to just connect with fellow Jesus Yes Girls, fellow sisters in Christ that are just like on fire for the Lord, then that's also a place you want to hang out too. So yes, yes, 100%. She is such an incredible woman. I'm just so glad that I got to get to know you. So yeah, thank you again so, so much. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. God bless. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in today to this last episode of the Sister Series. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Terry as much as we did and as much as we had fun talking and just sharing um, her story and just her love for Christ. Be sure to go check her out and show her some love. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, what you thought of the Sister Series in general, and just what you would like to hear on the podcast. Thanks for joining us and just tuning in in general. We love you so much. (music) 